Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Ladies and gents, I am so excited about this episode. This is a subject very close to my heart. And we have the lovely Janie Lee Grace, who who I will be chatting to today. Janie is an Amazon number one bestselling author. She's a speaker and a co-presenter on the UK's biggest radio show, which is BBC Radio 2's Steve Wright in the afternoon. She runs the popular recommendations blog, which is imperfectlynatural.com. Janie has written five books on holistic living, including the number one Amazon bestseller, Imperfectly Natural Women, and the latest book, which is really why we're here today, which has just been published, and it's called Happy, Healthy, Sober. Ditch the Booze and Take Control of Your Life encourages everyone to look again at their relationship with alcohol. Now, after ditching the booze, Janie launched a podcast called Alcohol Free Life, focusing on sober self-care. And she gave a TEDx talk called Sobriety Rocks, Who Knew, in July of 2019. And she launched the Sober Club, which is a membership portal and community for people who are committed to sobriety and want to upscale their life without the booze and focus on health and well-being. Now, Janie is passionate about encouraging people to ditch the chemicals, focus on great nutrition, self-care and finding their purpose as she found for herself that quitting the booze was the missing link in the holistic living picture. She also offers coaching and is trained in EFT, matrix re-imprinting and NLP. So, Janie, my love, thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure. Really lovely to see you again. It's Well, it's lovely to, yeah, we, we sort of spent um, a, sort of a few days in Toronto together. I can't even remember mm. how long ago that was. Oh, my goodness. Do you remember the days when we used to go places? <laughs> see people (laughs) one one hopes it's not too far away but uh, Jane Jane, well done because another book sort of you know hit the shelves so to speak Mm. Um, and so tell me a little bit about that tell me about the journey that brought you sort of to to writing something um, about sobriety Mm. Well, so as you you said in your intro there, I've been kind of a queen of natural health for years and, um, you know, writing books and and really being absolutely passionate about encouraging people to ditch chemicals, to look at that holistic picture. Um, I've done a lot around natural skincare and beauty and uh, and, and spirituality and, 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 and everything, yeah, yeah. literally everything. Um, and yet, um, I'm very grateful, by the way, that my, my website and first books were called imperfectly natural because clearly I didn't get everything right um but I but I had no concept at that time that I was stepping around this sort of massive elephant in the room so all those years that I was um queen of natural health and so conscious of spirituality and well-being um 
I was kind of poisoning myself <laughs> and, and, and yet it seemed perfectly normal because it's what everyone does. Right. Yeah. Um, because alcohol is normal in our society. It's the societal glue that sticks everything together. So I was a kind of, uh, you know, stepping around this and thinking it was all perfectly fine. Um, until over the years, I started to realize it wasn't. Um, and it was only then that I, I realized that um, I felt really quite confused because uh, I, I recognized, I mean, one thing I, or I say in the book is that I think in the UK, certainly, um, we tend to think there's two types of drinkers. There are those at rock bottom who yeah. clearly are um, clinically dependent and they need uh, alcohol services, rehabilitation. And then there's everyone else, happy social drinkers who just you know, occasionally can't hold their beer kind of thing. Um, I knew 100% that I wasn't at rock bottom. I was functioning perfectly fine. I didn't ever, obviously didn't, and I don't think I ever missed a day off work ever. Um, I, I rarely even had hangovers because my tolerance was pretty high. Um, so, so I definitely wasn't at that end of the spectrum. I didn't need any help as it were. I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to start going to a, a, a doctor or going to AA. That was not me at all, but I also wasn't completely fine. And I couldn't understand why I couldn't just stop. Like, well, if I've kind of yeah. got it in my head that, hold on, I don't think this is doing me any favors anymore. I was waking up at 3 a.m. pretty much every single day, hating myself, you know, just sort of waking up with my heart racing. So, and, and a voice would say to me, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is not okay. This is not, this is not who you are. You're meant to care about holistic wellness and self-care and spirituality and authenticity. And you are drinking way too much. What are you doing? And, and every single day. And I would say to myself, that's it. That's it. And the, of course, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not dependent. So obviously, I'm going to stop for God's sake. Of course, I'll stop. And by six o'clock the next night, yeah. you know, the voice of the wine, which was in my head saying, God, you've had such a busy day. Kids, work, you're exhausted. You deserve a drink for God's sake. Just have one. And then I'd be back on the spectrum, back on the on the roller coaster, if you like. So I, I started to realize um, a good many years ago, long before I finally ditched the booze, um, that there was something wrong. And I thought there was something wrong with me. Um, and so I would occasionally ask uh, therapists or practitioners if I felt safe or even a GP I went to. And I would say, you know, um, if I felt comfortable with them, um, can I just ask you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit worried I might be drinking too much. And of course, you know, GP will might say, well, how much are you drinking? Well, obviously you lie. I mean, of course you lie. <laughs> well, obviously I would lie and say, well, a couple of glasses a night. Um, and then they'd say, well, sounds perfectly normal. Um, you know, just have an alcohol-free day. So I'd go away again thinking, oh, all good then. You know, therapist, practitioner. And by the way, I don't, I, you know, I'm not blaming anyone. The, no, not, all of these people meant well, but they yeah. didn't know what I now know. They didn't know about grey area drinkers. Um, and also probably most of them were drinking themselves. So they would simply say, well, you know, um, it sounds like, you, you know, you need to do a little bit more, have a little bit more sort of, self-love here and, and, and go easy on yourself and, and give yourself a few days off from it and have a bit more water. You know, I mean, just unbelievable. So it, it just kept me stuck, kept me stuck in that trap because nobody knew about grey area drinkers, which we now know that's the term for this huge spectrum between the absolute rock bottom and 
completely non-drinker, is this massive spectrum of gray area drinkers, who many of whom are drinking way more than they want to. They want to stop. Yeah. They don't know how to stop. Because actually, alcohol is highly addictive. And once you're on that alcohol, you know, I call it the booze elevator, um, it only goes down one way, right? Yeah. My top tip is get off and get off before you get to the bottom, for God's sake. But Jenny, you say that. You be at rock bottom. (laughs) You you say, I mean, you are speaking my language because this was me. I think I'm off the booze about 10 years now. And I sort of... good for you. Well, yeah, yes, yes, definitely. But I I remember sort of sitting there being absolutely terrified in fairness because I was looking at all these sort of people on the telly or people talking about and sort of going sober for five years, sober for 10 years. And I was going... I I couldn't even compute the fact that I had to give up drinking. That was the thing. I knew that I was an all or nothing person. There was no way I was going to suddenly turn into a social drinker and have one or two on a Saturday night. I was like you, drinking every single day, functioning properly. Okay, I think I'd probably been drinking for so long that I didn't actually realize how good I could feel. I just just was permanently feeling just sort of fuggy, but I didn't realize I was fuggy until I stopped. Exactly. But it was just terrifying for me to say, hang on a minute, in order to take this seriously, are you telling me I've got to give up the booze? And I I knew the answer was yes. Mm. Well, can I I just interject there just quickly before I forget? I never use the phrase give up. You'll notice the title of my book is Ditch the Booze. I I never allow anyone to use that phrase because you're not giving anything up. Okay. And language is really important. Yeah, it is. You are literally not giving up anything at all. You're only gaining. And your comment at the beginning of, I knew I had to give up. No, you didn't have to give up. Yeah. You chose. And it's a fantastic choice. And that's my take on all of this is if only one, if one of those doctors or practitioners or healers or therapists had said to me, when I said, you know, I'm I'm worried about my drinking, that takes a lot. It yeah. takes a huge amount for someone like me to admit that, that I'm out of control and there's something I'm really worried about because it's shameful. There's an element of shame. Yes, it's there's a really massive, is a, massive, it's a yeah. huge thing for someone to say, right? And all I needed was one of those people to say to me, man alive, I've got the most fantastic top, top yes. thing to tell you. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, yeah. my God. I've got such joy to share with you. Have you ever thought about how fantastic life is without the booze? Have you ever considered yeah. that? No one had ever said that because the perception is, oh, poor you. You can't hold your beer. Oh yeah. dear. You you you're one of the sad one you're one of the sad yes. people who can't drink. You've got to become teetotal. Oh dear. That's so, that's so sad for you. I'm good, but that's sad for you. Absolute nonsense. The emperor isn't wearing any clothes. There yeah. are no benefits to alcohol. And I think that's the thing is that society, because I remember when I just decided that's it. I, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna take the bull by the horns and I am going to stop drinking and I was just I was sitting in a a business lounge in the airport and I was just it suddenly made me realize how farcical it was that people were tempting me with free booze and it was like it was like it was a reward and yet when I got my head around it it was hang on a minute this is poison Exactly. And, you know, exactly. we don't drink. Well, let, let, let's be sort of do a generalization here, but we don't drink neat spirits. We're, we're topping it up with sweet things like, you know, with, with the mixers and the nice tonics and the pineapple okay. juices, anything to stop it. Sort of nobody, nobody wants alcohol for the alcohol. 
No, unless you are literally at rock bottom. Precisely. If you'd have offered me in all those years, you know, when I needed my drink, you know, and I would say, oh, my God, you know, the sun's over the yard arm. I've had such a nightmare day with the kids. Give me yeah. my, you know, my glass of Sauvignon or whatever. If you'd handed me, you know, some warm, cheap wine in a cracked paper cup, would I have wanted it then? <laughs> what the hell? Of course I wouldn't. So yes. it wasn't about the alcohol. Of course yes. it wasn't. Yeah. This but is I, not about the need for alcohol or even the want for alcohol. It's about the feeling that I thought it gave me. It's all the associations with the glamour and the feeling grown up and the fact that my perception was if I drink this elixir, I will feel relaxed or confident or sexy or chilled. Amazing, isn't it, how it can allegedly do all that stuff? Ultimately, it's just about the associations. What feeling are you trying to create? And then the way society has managed to wrap it all up is that it's so clever that whatever emotion it is you think you want, you find it in the bottom of a glass. Mm -hmm. Actually, the reality is you won't find any of it in a, in no, a no, bottle. No, you, yeah. The answer's never in a bottle. Yeah. But, but you know, I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to it. You know, I'm sure we'll get to talk about it. But what you just said there about, you know, ultimately, let's not forget it's, it's, it's poison, you know, that they were offering you in the airport. You're, you're 100% right. And I know we'll talk about this in, in a while. But, but one of the things that it always struck me as bizarre, even before I stopped drinking, was I would go to um, alcohol awareness evenings at my kids' school. And I always remember there was a, a, a woman leading this alcohol awareness thing, and it was about teenagers and alcohol. And she said, um, let's have a discussion about whether, you know, once um, the, the, the teenagers are sort of, you know, whatever, 12, 13, 14, uh, should we give them a little bit of alcohol to get them used to it? I know, Jesus. Right. And, 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 you know, even before I stopped drinking, I, I had to raise my hand and I said, alcohol is a drug if we swap that word if we said should we give them a little bit of heroin to get them used to it and of course everyone was appalled that I should dare to say such a thing but you know alcohol is actually the most harmful drug it's a scary statistic but it's true when you take into account everything not just harm to the individual but harm to the economy um you know harm to the to everyone the family society yeah. The number yeah. one most harmful drug. It's just we've all we've all been brainwashed. We've all we're all we've all been we've all bought into this fabulously clever marketing illusion. All of us. It's 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 sort of you know I, I liken it and maybe you don't agree, but I liken it to sort of um, smoking because you know when the when sort of smoking was sort of first cool and trendy and hip, and now thankfully we've sort of seen um, you know sort of through well we, we clearly know that that's not the case and the fact that 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 is sort of you know detrimental to everyone's health. One one wonders whether or not um, alcohol is going to follow suit or whether or not it, it's just too much of a it's got too much of a hold on those people that are sort of you know mm. marketing it to their heart's content but mm. I just wonder if it, it will ever if, if it will ever become that taboo subject or not well I mean the tide is definitely turning there's yeah, no no doubt about it you know I mean you were you were well ahead of, of the curve you know 10 years ago um it's all changing and and we have you know the rise of the sober curious now we have a lot of millennials who are choosing not to drink at all yeah and we have uh, a, a large number of people, certainly younger people, who consider themselves mindful drinkers. 
you know. Yeah. And that's in addition to the sort of the, the sober community, the really proud to be sober and well community that obviously I'm kind of championing. Um, so things are changing. We know that things are changing because you only have to look at the alcohol-free drinks market. Oh, my word. See yes. how incredible it is. Now, 10 years ago when you stopped, you'd have been hard-pressed to find anything to drink caliber um, you know exactly God, God, was, yeah. really rough right yeah. but now the market is burgeoning and yeah. and, the, and there's the, the big boys along with the artisan brands and there's everything you can think of from kombuchas artisan tonics through to alcohol-free beer botanical spirits wine fizz everything um and they're doing really well and it's a hugely growing market it's a hugely growing sector. So we can see from that that things are changing, definitely. So that's a really good thing. Um, having said that, though, uh, I, I, I don't know if it will ever be um, completely outlawed, as it were, the way cigarettes are. Well, I mean, they're not completely, but you know what I mean. Yeah. What, what I would like to see happen, what I think's possibly realistic, or it's a, it's a dream, is that it becomes as normal to choose not to drink as to choose to drink. Because right now, to use the analogy of cigarettes, there's still, you know, if you do give up smoking, people say, oh man, well done you. That's, that's fantastic. Good for you. Pat on the back. But if you stop drinking, we still have the sober shamers who yeah. say, well, how bad did it get then? Well, can't you just have one? You're yeah. not going to be any fun anymore, are you? Oh, so no. Anagram of bores, you know. Yeah, no, you're quite right. When I gave up, I um, I chose to keep it a secret. Yeah, well, me too. Um, and because, and actually, I, I kept it a secret for three months, and then, um, and I didn't even tell my husband because not because he would judge me, but because I didn't want to put the responsibility or I didn't want to put the pressure on him. Listen to, I mean, you know why the pressure of not drinking, but I didn't want to put the pressure on him to feel that he had to give up with me. Yeah. So I basically, so I was always a step ahead. And so he was going, do you want your gin and tonic now? And I go, oh no, no, I've got one here. And thankfully gin mm. looks just like lime and soda, you know? So, and it was when we came to Christmas and I just had to say, listen, you're going to notice here. So I may as well tell you, I've been, you know, I, I haven't been drinking for three three months. But once I announced that, I lost quite a few friends, which I thought was quite interesting. Really? Yeah. Because I, mean, I think it, it, you're right. It is a thing that uh, people are afraid of. Yeah, you know, I, I a was of, a threat. Yeah. yeah. A, lot, a lot of people in the sober club will say, my biggest fear of, of stopping drinking is is whether I'll still be fun, whether my yeah. friends will still like me, what yeah. my friend, you know, and, and and with some friends, what will we do? No, that do? was it. Because that if you're it. only drinking buddies, um, it, it, it can be really tricky. Um, my answer is always, you know, number one, you're doing this for yourself. Number two, most people, if they're your real friends, will actually support you. You know, yeah. after the initial sort of... Um, uh, maybe shock, um, they they normally will support you. And in fact, often you find that people will say, you know, give it a few occasions and then they'll actually say, do you know what? I'm actually really jealous of you. Can you, yeah. can you help me? Yeah. Um, but, but, but it is a thing. It is a thing that people are afraid of. Mm -hmm. um, I do always say, and I, again, I know we'll get to this, but, but we were just talking about the alcohol-free drinks. And one of my biggest mantras is, Keep the ritual, change the ingredients. Oh, you know, yes. And, and what I mean by that is if you always drink, you know, you kept it secret for three months. And as you say, you just carried on. You had a glass of something. I did exactly the same. Yeah. Now, I don't recommend that. I 
really uh-huh. genuinely recommend that you do get connected. But I didn't. And the fact that I didn't makes me realize that it is entirely possible to do this without a big fuss and a drama. Yes. If you keep the ritual, change the ingredients. Yeah. If you suddenly go into martyr mode, oh, I know that I know we always have a drink together, darling, at 6.30 p.m. But, you know, I'll, I'll have my tea. You know, I'll have my crappy warm orange juice. You go ahead and have your lovely, you know. Yeah. I mean, of course, you're in a toddler is going to say, well, this is not very, this is not very good. I'm not going to carry on with this. But yeah. if you have a lovely glass with something lovely in it, who cares what's in the glass? You know, so always do your prep. Always keep the ritual change the ingredients. Prep ahead. What are you going to drink? Find one of the many choices that you love or or indeed many of them. I've got a little um, uh, alcohol-free cocktail making um, tutorial video that I did with my son. Um, he, he drinks booze, but uh, but he came, he came home and he was making these cocktails. And I thought, you know what? I'm not having this. I've got a house full of alcohol-free drinks. So I said to him, create a course for me, sample That's all so of these. Cool. It's yeah. great. He loved it. So so you've got a, a twist, a, a, a kind of alcohol-free twist on classic uh, cocktails created by an actual booze mixologist. Um, so it's entirely possible to do this. So absolutely keep the ritual because if you don't, your little inner toddler will tell you that you're not having fun anymore. So before you go anywhere, prep ahead. If you're going to meet girlfriends or or whatever in a in a venue, phone ahead and find out what drinks they've got. And if they yeah. don't have good grown-up alcohol-free drinks, take your own because the hospitality industry need to need to get up to speed yes exactly but you see that that's and and sort of I'm just sort of thinking about um this sort of current situation we're all in lockdown and I guess it's a sort of there are people in are either in one of two camps either they are finding that it's a lot easier yeah, not to because drink they're not being social mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. not being social but then there's also the other side where um you know sort of maybe some people are really really struggling yeah. and are relying as I did you know and yeah. I didn't have blimmin lockdown was that it, it, you know the air crutch the crutch uh, yeah. it's the crutch which sort of just takes that it just it just sort of I don't know it just takes the edge off the day yeah. So what, how, how do we speak to that, Janie? Um, I, I think the most important thing is for people to ask themselves, would my life be better? Could my life be better physically and emotionally without the booze? And, you know, if the answer is hell yes, then you deserve to give this a shot. Because yeah. I can tell you <laughs> that, that if, if you are someone who doesn't have an off switch, yeah, okay. that's me. Yeah. Take if you don't have an off switch and your instinct answer to that question is, well, yeah, I know I could feel better without any, um, then set yourself a challenge, do this, and you just have to trust me that life is freaking fantastic without the booze. No one ever told me that. No one. No one ever told me. And as soon as I caught sight of that, That's how I kept going. Now, of course, there are many tips and many tricks to help you do that. But number one, you have to catch sight of that. You need the pain point as well. You need the logic. It's really important to know that alcohol is unbelievably bad for you. Yet it has zero benefits and it is literally unbelievably bad for you. It it is. is, There's no two ways about this. I don't buy any of those articles. The articles I used to love about how red wine is good for your heart. I don't think so. (laughs) Have a goddamn grape. (laughs) <laughs> right. Have a grape if you want the reserve troll or a vitamin. 
right? Yeah. If you know that you don't have an off switch, and it doesn't matter how much you drink, by the way, I'm not asking you how much you drink. It's nothing to do with that. Some people might only have, you know, a couple of drinks on a weekend, but they know it's affecting them. I know that you sort of say that it's unbelievably fantastic and it's, you know, there, there are so many benefits. I personally, in fairness, I couldn't see them apart from when I used to wake up in the morning with having been out. My first initial reaction was, who do I need to phone up and apologize to? Yeah, exactly. who, who have I upset? And it wasn't me being badly behaved, but it was just the fact that I was always paranoid. I think booze makes you paranoid, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. You've got to remember alcohol is a depressant. Yeah. And uh, the link between alcohol and anxiety, by the way, and depression, I mean, absolutely cannot be denied. And why more is not done about this, I can't get my head around. You know, in my community in the Sober Club, well, and, and in one-to-one clients that I've had, um, there's a very high percentage of women who will tell me that they've uh, rocked up to a, a GP with menopausal symptoms or perimenopausal yeah. symptoms, you know, with anxiety, mood swings, um, you know, feeling feeling paranoid, uh, you know, various, various things, yeah. you know, around anxiety. And the appointment is seven minutes long you know, yeah. if you're lucky, and they come out with either or uh, HRT and antidepressants or just the antidepressants. Oh, yes, I was I was and offered antidepressants. Never asked about their drinking. No, no. Never asked about But their- then, as you say, if we sit there and sort of don't give them the whole picture anyway, you know, and, and lie about... Well, then they shouldn't be prescribing antidepressants. Well, that's true. To someone yeah. who's drinking. End yeah. of. How can yeah. you possibly look at what's going on, you know, in someone's brain you know, low level when 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 it's just when it's low level. I'm not talking about serious clinical depression, but when someone is rocking up saying, "I'm just feeling a bit anxious. I'm I've, I'm having mood swings." Oh, here's some antidepressants. Yeah. Without looking at what you're drinking, it's bonkers. It's yeah. honestly bonkers, and it's really interesting to see. You know, um, uh, so many women find that once they ditch the booze, they no longer have need for, in some cases, the HRT or the antidepressants. Now, yeah. obviously, I'm caveating that. So I'm not saying ditch your medication. Of course I'm not. Of course I'm not. You must always handle everything. And I'm not saying that stopping alcohol will always mean you no longer need medication. I'm not saying that. But the two things do not go together happily. And without any shadow of a doubt, when you have, when you stop drinking, that can only benefit you in terms of anxiety, in terms of how you handle your depression if you have it. You know, I interviewed Denise Welsh and it was a fantastic, um, I was so thrilled to hear her explanation of clinical depression. And she explained how she, you know, she can see now that when she was drinking, just how it exacerbated it beyond belief. Yes, she still has depression. She'll always have it. She'll always be on medication. But now she's able to take care of herself yeah. so much better. You see, yeah, my, my son's a bit like that. He's 27 and he he sort of has, he struggles with his mental health. And you can, he's, he sort of said to me even the other day, he said, do you know what? 
because he had a um they had dry january that you know the whole house had dry january and it was about sort of february the third or fourth and he went oh my god now i I just suddenly remembered i'm back on the booze and that's why i'm feeling shit absolutely you know and it really is a matter of sort of you know joining the dots isn't it i know it honestly when you think about it like this it's incredible that we do this it's like if we had you know if there's a food stuff we've all got one food stuff that yeah. makes us sick right and if there's an item of food with me it's corn you know that mm. weird man-made thing and if you eat it, it makes you throw up right yeah. it only takes a couple of times before you realize oh my god i'm yes. intolerant to that <laughs> right not have that, yeah uh, um, you'll never have it again ever right but when we drink we drink we feel absolutely terrible and then we do it all the next night but this is what makes me laugh is some sort of, you know i I've, I've sort of got friends of mine and sort of say oh well, i can't drink white wine anymore because it is stopped agreeing with me now i'm older so i'm now on I'll the switch to red yeah I'm, or whatever yeah. Yeah. oh yes yeah, so i switched to red and yeah. it's just the right oh okay but you know may, maybe that's your body telling you that you don't really need to have any of this stuff exactly but i mean then, i'm quite jealous of people who know they're allergic to alcohol they get yeah. to stop. They get to stop a lot. You know, they got to stop yeah. a lot sooner. That's yeah. my only regret. I didn't do this uh, a long, long time ago. I mean, yeah. that, th- this is what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to kind of put this positive message out. But nobody does. Nobody talks about the positive side of it. Well, it's talk, talk about it. Talk about the positives, <laughs> because, I mean, you know, you sort of say to me, life is fantastic. How much more fantastic is it? Because I'm sort of I, I would say that in fairness, ditching the booze, all that 10 years ago, I, I haven't gone down to a size eight that I had blissfully hoped for, but probably because I've sort of found cake instead. But, you know, it, it's what, what are the I mean, yes, I suppose for me, my my I, I have my mornings back again. But what is it that because you are really championing this? And so t- tell me sort of what the your for you, the plus points are. Um, well, I, I, I don't think that there's anything at all that it doesn't make better. Right. Okay. Okay. So I don't know if that's a double negative, but there is not one single thing about choosing to be alcohol free that is a negative or, um, or impacts you in a negative way. So if you have any, any, anything physical, any physical issue of any kind will either remain the same because, you know, sadly it's not, an absolutely elusive cure-all, or it will get a bit better. Yeah, okay. Mostly, everything gets a bit better. So if you have, you know, I mean, I mean, just everything from, I mean, I, you know, I joke about it, but, you know, sober hair. <laughs> Who yes. Knows? I know it's oh lockdown gosh. hair at the moment, but mostly your hair gets shinier, right? Yes. You're able to, I mean, I couldn't put my contact lenses in when I was drinking. Yeah. Right? My eyes were always kind of bleary and watery. Now my eyesight is better. I mean, genuinely, my eyesight is better. I mean, that's an amazing thing, right? Your gut health is better because your gut is not inflamed. And we all know that our gut health impacts on everything. Yeah, yeah. So any inflammatory markers you have going on in your body is going to be better. So your joint pain, your, I mean, literally everything. People with respiratory illnesses very often find that they're greatly um, relieved that their asthma symptoms get much less. People, I mean, they, I could do, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. And, and that's just any, the physical. You and that's the physical. Yeah. I mean, a, a menopausal stuff, um, hot flushes, loads and loads of women just don't have them anymore. You know, I, I used to go on all the time about how hot I was. Yes. It was, it was a thing. Oh, I just gosh, yes. Say. 
you know, oh, I'm such a hot person. People need to stand next to me to huddle for warmth. Yeah. I wasn't a hot person. I was just drinking too much. Yeah. For God's sake, you know. So your your blood pressure regulates. Everything regulates. Your skin looks better, right? And as you say, that's just the physical. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got more energy. Um, of course, of course you have. You know, one of my clients recently said she'd been, she'd stopped the booze, I think it was about three and a half weeks ago. And she said to me, oh, I, I went out for a walk with my um, my daughter and the grandchildren. She said, and I, and, and I made it to the top of the hill before she, and she said to me, my goodness, what's going on, mum? You, you, what yeah. the hell is going on? And she said, but that's coincidence, right? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think that's coincidence. <laughs> I actually don't. I think it's yeah. on account of you not poisoning yourself every day. Right? Yeah. But that's just the physical. When you get to the emotional, it's it's literally oh, it's never ending. Day. It's it never ending. Your, yeah. your anxiety lessens. You start to have more clarity, more resilient. You become yeah. more kind. You get a new sense of purpose. The amount of my clients who have, they've got whole new projects now that they never could yeah. have you know, they're writing a book or they're, they're doing an, an art course or one's doing an MA and stuff they would never have thought of, starting new businesses. Now, when it comes to parenting, oh, man alive, the difference is chalk and cheese. You yep. become present for your kids. You become authentic with, like, with who you are. You become much more fair and reasonable. That doesn't mean you're a pushover. You're just much more fair and reasonable because you're not on the back foot the way you are yeah, that I, that's why I stopped drinking was for my kids actually you're quite well, right and, I, I mean you should do it for yourself but well, yeah, yeah. Will benefit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no doubt about it I, I mean the, the benefits go on and on and on and, in t- and and I know what you said that you you don't necessarily know that you saw any well I only think I think that's because you weren't focusing on them because you weren't looking for them you were yeah. probably focusing on no offense to you, but it was a long time ago, right? And it was, oh, yeah. before, it was before people like me were banging on about the good stuff. Yeah. So it's likely that you were focusing. I mean, you got through it. So well done you, but you were probably focusing on the, oh, I can't have any. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor, poor me, rather yeah. than framing it as, oh my God, look how yeah. much better life would be. I mean, would you honestly go back there? Not, not a mission. Well, there you not go then. There you go. Yeah. Then. I've never heard anyone no. ever say they regret ditching the booze yes no I I just it it was it's an absolute no-brainer and a lot of people those and and I think this is where the sort of the 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 scaredness comes in it's sort of you know but what what would happen you mean to say you've given it up forever and actually you're quite right it's not a matter of giving it up it's a bit like my smoking I I am not a smoker so therefore I don't go looking for cigarettes. I am now not a drinker, so I don't miss it. And it's it's really for me, it's absolutely not an issue. It wouldn't I wouldn't dream of of even it's yeah, you're quite right. It's just something it, it's it's a decision that I have not regretted one day. Exactly. I mean, there's this the, the phrase, you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I hate that phrase. If someone, yeah. I'll put this challenge out. If you can think of something that means okay. the same thing, I've got a prize for you. <laughs> I cannot think of another phrase. It's so naff. Yeah. It's genuinely the only phrase that sums it up. Because, you know, when I got to a year sober, I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if everything will be a bit flat now because I've yeah. done all my first, I've had my first sober birthday, my first sober Christmas and my holiday. So mm, might get a bit flat. No, no way. Every year, year on year on year, everything is better. New layers are unraveled. If if you 
if you put the work in, you know, if you if you unravel another layer, that's what my book is about. It's about the health and well-being. It's about the focus on self-care and how, you know, ultimately self-love underpins everything, right? So when you stop drinking, that's when you can start to focus on all the other little aspects of your life you want to upscale from good nutrition to fitness to purpose to relationships, yeah. meditation, everything, everything. And it's literally like one of my clients said to me, I feel like I'm being given a second chance at life. Yes. Oh and God. that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. And for women, you know, I don't know if everyone's the same as me, but I, I used to have moments where I was so terrified of getting old. I mean, really, just every single thing about getting older, I don't really want to go there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I used to feel really scared of everything going south. I didn't want to look really old and bloated and I was putting weight on. Yeah. I had less energy. And, and I kind of did one of those exercises in my mind where I kind of threw, threw it forward in time. And I could kind of see myself just grayer, older, bigger, um, slower. just everything yeah. slower. Everything felt so miserable. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, is this what can I, what can I do? I'm feeling panicky. What can, what, what can I do? What can I do? Well, I could I could go on a crash diet. Well, we all know that you, the weight will go straight yeah. back on. Um, I could have some Botox. Well, not really. I kind of like the natural way of doing things. And I, anyway, I want to be able to smile and frown. <laughs> um, you know, um, I, I, could, I could do masses of exercise and, and start, you know, really training hard. I don't think so. Uh, you know, I've never, <laughs> I've never really done anything like that. It's not who I am. So, you know, I was just like in this kind of inertia and this feeling of, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like this. I don't like any aspect of this. It scares me. It scares me. Right? No, it wasn't until a voice came in my head saying, well, you know something? You could try ditching the booze. See how you feel then. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, I'm not afraid of getting old. I love it. Every, every, every year brings something new. In it's fact, exciting. you know, I'm getting younger. Yeah, that's exactly, no, that, that's exactly how I feel. It's that's literally, true. I mean, that's my excuse. I don't care what anyone else thinks. Maybe that's the beauty of it is you don't care anymore. I'm, get, I'm actually getting younger. Yeah. Think, uh, every, little bits, little bits of me get better all yes. the time. I, I can absolutely agree with that. And But Jenny, I, I mean, tell me, when you decided that you were ditching the booze and for the was it a struggle for you was it you know was your sort of first week a bit of a oh my god or or did you just sort of you, um you took to it like a duck to I, water I made my decision and um it was um re- it was relatively easy because I set myself dry January I thought I was right, just okay. gonna do dry January and I do recommend by the way that it can feel too big to say forever. Yeah. So just set yourself 30 days, 100 days is best. I did very quickly change it to 100 days and right. that really yeah. helped. But even if you can only say 30 days, say 30 days. Yeah. Um, in the book, I've got a whole section called Get the Buzz Without the Booze where I talk people through the first period of time. Okay. Um, and then there's masses of health and well-being stuff. But but I talk people through those first 30 days. My first 30 days were absolutely terrible because I didn't do any of the stuff I now know. <laughs> I, for, I forgot everything I know. You know, I didn't tell anyone, which I, I recommend you do. I yeah. didn't get myself connected with a with a any kind of like-minded people, which I definitely recommend. And you that's do. what your um the sober, club, what the sober club is. is. Yeah. yeah. So so I didn't do that. 
I, I, I didn't eat properly. What the hell? You know, I mean, unbelievably ridiculous. I had this kind of weird idea in my head. Oh, I may as well drop a couple of stone while I'm yeah. doing this. Yeah. Wrong, wrong. Forget about it. The weight, weight loss, if you need to lose weight, the weight balancing will come in time. It will 100% not come in the first few weeks. So forget it. Yeah. Focus on ditching the booze only. So I, I didn't eat properly. Um, yeah. I didn't do any of the prep that I tell people about. I didn't put the self-care in place. I was hugely grumpy and miserable and terrible mood swings. and erath- I mean, it was, it was chaos, right? Until I caught sight of this vision of a better life. And suddenly I kind of was able to pull myself together yeah. and remember some of the stuff I knew. And I went to see a nutritionist um, and, and I got my act together. And, and that's what the book does. It tells you how you can make that period so much easier than it was for me. Because you can, because you do need to eat well, really good nutrition. Absolutely. Because your brain chemistry is totally out of whack. When you first stop drinking, your poor body goes, okay, so where's my dopamine hit? Yes. So what the hell's going on now? Yeah. And where's my GABA and my serotonin? Uh, Everything's really messed up. And Mm. now I'm going to crave a ton of sugar. And by the way, I'm not going to let you sleep because normally you drink loads of stuff, of, of, of rubbish so that I can pass out. Yes. So I may as well keep you wide awake. You know, it's just a mess. It is a mess yeah. in the early weeks. So the best way you can regulate that brain chemistry is by taking really good care of yourself, getting great nutrition, possibly some supplements that I, I sometimes recommend. Um, you know, really good self-care, magnesium, have a bath with magnesium salts. Otherwise you get leg cramps and weird stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so the- it is, it's it's making us sort of it's it's just it's having this little project, isn't it? And just it's, it's a it's actually a massive project. That's yeah. what it is. It's a okay. massive project because it's the biggest, it's the best thing you will ever do your own health and well-being so give it the attention it deserves if you if when people do dry january and they know they're just doing dry january their mindset is usually oh i'll 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 grit my teeth and i'll it is it's endurance i mean i can't count oh my god how many more days till february yeah i'll raise a bit of money thank you know thank god it's nearly over and that's the focus and if you go into it like that you kind of may as well not bother really it's quite I mean, hard really yeah. there's just no point it's you know you can't do this with willpower it's not about willpower that will only get you so far you've got to find the motivation yeah find the motivation why you want to give this a shot that's what my book's trying to do it's yeah. trying to inspire you and encourage you this is worth it this is beyond worth it so give it all of the energy and resources it deserves i know most of us are not lucky enough to be able to you know hole up and have meals brought to us it's a shame because <laughs> that would be great you know um but you know most of us can change our lifestyle a little bit for for 30 days go to bed a bit earlier if you need yeah. to you know put something else in place at the time you would normally go out drinking if you if you yeah. are about Put, fit some exercise in, even if it's only a walk first thing in the morning. So you know you're going to get up early and you know you're going to go and do that. Get yourself a journal, write, you know, write a gratitude list, do the little tiny self-care pieces. One lovely tip is to get um, a glass jar or a vase and go to the cash point, even if you're not normally a cash person, draw out the cash you would normally spend on alcohol, even if it's only for 30 days, and watch it grow. Day My supermarkets day. shop absolutely plummeted. You're quite right, because I, I yeah. wasn't buying so much booze. But, but literally, and that's quite a difficult one, because most of us don't 
actually add up the booze. We don't no. add up how my, I, I was yep. terrified to do it, but I wish I'd done that. One of my sober club clients, he's, yeah. he's, he's only a, um, a, a couple of weeks in and not even, I forget how many days he's in, but anyway, he just, he just literally sent me a message to say, you know, I've, I've been doing this 15 days or something and I've just looked at my jar and I've got over 200 quid in my jar it's like wow you know within a very short space of time he's gonna have enough money for a lovely holiday or a weekend away or you know if we ever get to go anywhere um you can redistribute that money on self-care and it's money that would have been you know excuse my uh swearing pissed away yes and the thing is is change can be really scary and because as you sort of said at the beginning um you know, this, this we all regard sort of um, booze as providing the confidence and providing that spark and providing that crutch and providing all these wonderful things, which in fact is absolute bollocks. But that's what we convince ourselves. Yeah. So g- give us give us a couple of takeaways. Just what can someone do apart from join the sober club and buy happy, healthy, sober, mm-hmm. which is now out there? But what what sort of, um, you know, just give a couple of pointers that you would suggest to someone who's going, oh, my God, that's me. I need to do this, but I'm absolutely terrified. Um, you need to look at you need to get clear on your why, why you want to do it. OK. OK. So if it's just that all your mates are doing dry January and you want to do dry January with them to raise some money for charity, then get on with it, do it. You don't need my book. You don't need to join the sober club. It's, it's not a thing for you. Right. But if you've asked yourself the question, would my life be better physically, emotionally without the booze? And the answer is hell yes, it actually would. Then get clarity on why do you want to do this? And that means you have to be really honest. And usually we'll write down, well, because They'll, they'll, they'll be, there's two aspects to the why. It's the, you know, what will happen if I don't do this? Okay. What yeah. will happen if I carry on drinking? And most people, if they're honest, will have a list of, well, you know, something I'm, uh, I'm not going to be able to drive my kid to the hospital in the middle of the night if they need it. I'm not going to be present, fully present for such and such. I, 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 I don't want another night like the one I had falling out of that car and and scraping yeah. my arm I don't, you yeah. know in other words most of us have got a bunch of memories that we really yeah. are not proud of right rather fuzzy memories um, yeah. yeah exactly so it's it's the pain point yeah um also included in that it's a good idea to do a bit of research in case you're under any illusion that alcohol is okay do a bit of research read either my book or an other book and yeah. just get real clarity on the fact that alcohol is a drug it's the only ju- drug we have to justify not taking but get a bit of clarity on that so you really know what you're dealing with here and actually spell it out for yourself you know why and and you know what why why is this a good idea well because don't i owe it to myself to be to have freedom from the most harmful drug uh don't i owe it to my kids don't i owe you know what yeah uh, do I, am i worth it this so so get clarity on that pain point but then also get clarity on why life might be better and this is the motivation piece and this is where this is the piece most people don't look at nobody ever told me about this piece and this is where you can start to get excited and you can go so why do I want to ditch the booze and that's when you can say well because I might start to feel contented I might be able to wake up earlier you know who knew there were two six o'clocks in one day right (laughs) I certainly didn't till I ditched the booze right (laughs) I might, I might have more energy.
energy. I might become more present. I might be able to give my kid driving lessons even at seven o'clock at night. I might, you know, I might find the energy to start that charity I've been wanting to do. I might decide that actually, you know, I do want to play in the snow with my kids or go ice skating. I never wanted to do any of those things because I couldn't get a decent glass of wine at the ice rink, for God's sake. Yeah. Right. So start to see how, start to get a glimpse, catch sight of how much better life might be. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you get a sense of that motivation, that's your driving point. Yes, the pain point will drive you, but the pain point will only drive you so far. Yeah. Yeah. You really need the motivation. Okay. So grasp hold of it, really make a note of that and make a commitment and tell someone. Okay. Even if it's only one person. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be your fat, your partner or your family necessarily, because they haven't been there, done it, got t-shirt yeah. necessarily. Tell someone who has. Okay. Tell me if you like. Yes. Tell someone. Yeah. And then get yourself connected because you need support. You need support. Because if you don't, what happens is you most people have a few days where they're doing good, maybe even a week, maybe two weeks. And then the little voice comes in saying, What are you you do, you, you got this now? Yes, exactly. And I think you can just have one. You've just proven that you don't have a problem. Exactly. You don't have a problem. You're absolutely good. You're good. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's it's when that little voice comes in. Yeah. That you, you know, come on a community like mine or you reach out to and you just say, well, you know, I'm I'm having this little, I'm thinking about, you know, it's my son's birthday. I'm not thinking about just having just the one, you know. Yeah. And then somebody else can challenge you. Okay. And what might that do for you? What, how would that be? You know, and if I tell you, you know, at that party, there are, we haven't got any glasses, I'm afraid, but you won't mind, will you? I've got some crappy paper cups. They're cracked, but I'm sure you don't mind, do you? Yeah. You just want the alcohol, right? And what will do that do for you again? Yeah. Know? And when you start to unravel it, you start to see it for the absolute BS it really is. Mm. Particularly yeah. when you have an alternative and have a fantastic sparkling organic alcohol-free vegan you know fizz with no sugar in it that looks the same and is fancy and fabulous and comes out of a lovely bottle and won't do you any harm when you put it like that it's an absolute <laughs> I mean, no-brainer isn't it? it's a total no-brainer if only someone had said that to me this is I hope that's how I open the book if only someone yeah. had told me how freaking fantastic life without the booze is I wouldn't have been in the goddamn position for so long yeah yeah. And then saying, oh dear. Well, it sounds all right. Just have just have some water in between. Yes. Why didn't they just say, Oh my god, I've got the best answer for you. Stop. Yeah. Mm. My love, thank you. <laughs> That's all right. I'm thank quite you. pushy, aren't I? <laughs> no, no, but well it, it's it's actually really important <laughs> because I am seeing I, I know firsthand, but I am also seeing the problems that booze creates and um i think we need to just get off this bandwagon well the whole the whole mummy uh, mummy's little helper thing that's what kept me stuck for years yes years and years what, and years yeah, it was so- that's when it ramped up that's when yeah. my drinking ramped up that's exactly and, what happened with me and, and and the amount of women who say to me you know well i'm worried about how i'm gonna how am i gonna you know people say to me oh, i'm moving house and i don't know how i'm gonna fit in to a new community of the play dates and everything if i'm not yeah. drinking you know, yeah. it can be a real pressure. Yeah. But actually, behind the scenes, a whole bunch of those women are, you know, it, it, they're like ducks and it's all going on beneath the surface. Exactly. They're waking at 3 a.m., hating yeah. themselves. 
Yeah. And I think we owe it to ourselves to have a different option. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously the self-love piece underpins it all. Um, So ultimately we have to ask, what are we trying to numb out from? Well, that's why I started drinking as a teenager. And I think for a long time, it was just, you know, it was just numbing everything, as you say, blocking out, blocking out the need to sort of even go there and start sort of wondering, you know, um, whatever that pain was. And that's, I I think, as you sort of said, is that, you know, sometimes get a journal out and look at the reflection. And yeah, I, I think... Sometimes this self-reflection can be a bit sort of uncomfortable, but it's all right to sit with that. That's okay. That's not, you know. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I teach now is um, is this learning to sit with our emotions because yeah. most of us actually are quite emotionally immature, particularly yes. because every big thing in our life, everything um, has been wrapped up with booze. You know, if you think about it, you know, you boyfriend breaks up with you or your best friend has another best friend and and everything you know the the celebrations and the commiserations that all lock together with booze so we we none of us have really known how to handle stuff without drinking so like we're super fearful or upset or reach for a drink yeah you know we're super happy and celebrating reach for a drink you know kids are in trouble reach for a drink you know, someone's died, reach for a drink. Everything, everything, every emotion, every important emotion, we numb with booze. We totally numb it, don't we? And so yeah. when you're not doing that anymore, then you do have to, you do have to face it. Yeah. And 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 actually that can be a reason people are really fearful of giving up. Yes. Because they think, I know there's stuff there and I yeah. know I don't want to look at it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm too scared. Yeah. And you know, my answer to that is, well, you're going to end up looking at it one way or another. Yes. Um, and interestingly, although you can't see it now, um, when you don't have the booze to, to block everything, when, you, when you're not poisoning yourself, you are going to be so much more resilient. And whatever your problems are, whatever your issues are, whatever your baggage from the past is, you are going to be in so much stronger position to deal with Precisely. it. Yeah, when having that are, kind of when you are who you really are and when you like yourself mm-hmm. and you know something I think it's really hard to like yourself when you're drinking all the time really yeah. really hard I didn't I you know I it was my work I used to I was a presenter on Hay House Radio I was writing books about this stuff but if you'd actually asked me about the self-love piece for me I'd yeah. say, that'd be ridiculous that's for everyone else it's not for me yeah I couldn't possibly sit in meditation or or you know, I, I had no idea what it meant for me. I thought it was for everyone else. Yeah. Because I was drinking, because I was, because of course I wasn't authentic. Of course I couldn't sit with my goddamn self. Yeah. Because, you know, if I did, if I sat for too long, a little voice might come in saying, oh, there's a actually a bloody great big elephant in this room. Are you, you, you going to keep stepping around it again? Mm-hmm. Another 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> That's no, that's so you're so right. It's so and 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 I think when you do stop the drinking, it makes, as you say, it makes you more resilient. It makes you 
actually quite like who you see in the mirror exactly. and, and exactly. someone to be proud of exactly. and someone who is able to tackle whatever exactly. curveballs life throws at us. And it makes you more kind. Yes. You know, yes. the world would be so much nicer place. It definitely makes you a better parent. There's no yeah. two ways about that. Not yeah. not just the role model part, although that yeah. is part of it, of course, mm. um, but just being being fully present for your kids. That's my only regret, my only regret. Well, God, when I think about the times I, you know, had to cut a bedtime story short because I wanted a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. it's just, it doesn't bear thinking about. Well, if it's any consolation, because I gave up when the kids were about sort of, um, I think, 10, 11, 12, something like that. And I just sort of said to them, do, you know, do you remember, you know, what I was like? Because I, I got, I was at the stage where I would drink and to the point that not that I was falling over drunk, but I had blackouts. Mm. So my sort of, you know, my my day, my night would stop at about sort of 1030, even though I kept on going. And I sort of said to them, do you remember what I was like when I was drinking? And, and thankfully, both of them went, no, don't know what you're like as, as someone that doesn't drink. And I think the kids are very forgiving. And, yeah, you know, it's, so it's, it's not really, um, I think it's us again, isn't it, beating mm. ourselves up? <laughs> it I, is. But there's no to, no doubt about it. If you were to ask a kid whether they, you know, appreciate parents drunk. Oh, wow. Oh, totally. It's terrifying for them, actually. It is absolutely. Well, yeah, terrifying. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're not even just talking rock bottom alcoholics. So that's no. an obvious one. But when your parents are even slightly out of control, it's no, not a good thing. Yes, it's even sort of lack of, you know, the eyes not focusing and the slightly yeah. slurring of speech. That in, is, in itself is enough yeah. for a child to, yeah. 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 So... Jenny, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I really so appreciate much. it. It's been wonderful chatting to you. And I shall put all your um, all your details in the show notes because I know that people will want to um, sort of track down some of these resources. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I can just say that with the book, you know, I, I do have a section in it for um, people who are sober curious or day one, you know, which sort of talks you through all those pieces. But the, the second part of the book, it, even if you've been sober for years, has masses of amazing holistic health and well-being stuff and, and, it, and it's not just me I've got lots of other authors lots of other experts commenting so I thought well let's get you know the absolute king of NLP and yeah. um, you know to write a piece and nutrition and spirituality so uh, you know I'm, it's just a little plug for the fact that it's it's not just a how to ditch the booze book yeah. it's it, it's it's kind of holistic health um throughout so wonderful just wanted to get that in (laughs) no absolutely thank you so much indeed well listen i look forward to seeing you at some stage yeah i hope so enjoy lockdown three wherever we are wherever everyone is but jamie thank you so much thanks a lot really appreciate it okay thank you bye-bye thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. 
and a good one, by the way. <laughs> because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love. <laughs>